Hey everyone, welcome back to the Google Workspacers podcast, where we tell stories of Google Workspace transformation. I'm your host, Christian Newman, CEO of Rise Digital, and every week I'm joined by a business owner or technology leader who's making people, teams, and organizations more productive with Google Workspace. Joining me today is my friend, Jesse Nolan. Jesse is Westland Real Estate Group's CIO by day and Tab Geek's founder and podcast host by night. And there's one thing that Jesse's always been obsessed with, which is all things Google. He started on Gmail back in 2004 while he was in school. And since then, he's been riding the wave of cloud-based applications, or other words, called SaaS ops ever since. Fast forward to today, and Jesse's responsible for 500 Google Workspace users at close to 100 locations across the US, as well as the rest of the Westland Group's tech stack. And he's also the host of the Supporting IT Support podcast and the Google Workspace Recap podcast, which is where I got to know Jesse. So Jesse, I know there's so much more to your story. So why don't you take a moment and tell us a little bit more about yourself, including maybe something that most listeners from your other podcasts don't know about you. Hey, Christian. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, uh, lots of stories I'm sure I could tell. I'm trying to think what my other uh, podcasts I haven't said yet on, on those other uh, platforms especially workspace recap and I've been doing supporting IT support for two years now so there's that's a lot of back content yeah like you said I've been into all things Google since uh, 2004 uh, at least both on the consumer side and on the business side as the business side has evolved over the years I'm also a huge fan of you know the the just the consumer general tech products and and what they've done for that space and continuing to to drive it forward I've been working for the last five years as CIO for the Westland real estate group which is a multifamily um, apartment management owner operator uh, developer company. We're mostly in Southern California and in Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, we were most recently in the news for our new Westie security robot. We have one of those uh, Nightscope uh, robots that drives around autonomously and, and keeps watch on uh, one of our properties, and all of the uh, different news companies' uh, channels are are going down and filming it and taking selfies with the robot. It's really cool. Uh, 360 degree cameras and, you know, autonomous driving and, and uh, also connected to a monitoring center. So that's our latest claim to fame. But it's also what I uh, like to say is kind of a excellent way of showing the new way of doing things, right? COVID, the global pandemic has changed so many things. Uh, about the way that we do business. And I actually brought up the idea two or three years ago, it's probably three years ago now, about having one of these robots. I was like, oh yeah, this would be super cool. And then, you know, we don't need as many security guards. And uh, just the simple presence of an 800 pound robot driving around is is gonna be a, a big game changer for us, especially with the cameras and, and uh, the monitoring sensor. And um, they, were, they basically laughed me out of the room. And now through the pandemic, we just bought one. So, you know, transformation on that scale is is a long progress, a long process, and it's something that we've been working on um, for for a very long time. But it's all accelerated now, and I like to say that we are excellently, or that we were excellently positioned to pivot into remote work, especially for a company that probably did about I don't know two percent of our workforce was doing remote work or flex work, really. 
nobody really was working from home 100%. And we were able to transform. And uh, I mean, I had to order a, a ton of computers and, and laptops to get everybody going. But we still had that back infrastructure to be able to, to lean into and start using Google on that side. So it really, really was incredible for us uh, to be able to have that. And that's all because I said five years ago, you guys are on a 2003 exchange server. This is not how um, you know, this is not how you move quickly. This is not how you build out for the future. And uh, it's time to to take a look at Google Workspace. Back then, it was called Google Google Apps for Work. And I guess the rest is uh, is history. Oh, that's super cool. And I can't wait to see those. Uh, I don't know if you have a special name for them, but rovers going around the apartment complexes around here. And then I'm going to think of you and the Westland group whenever I see one. <laughs> it's awesome. And I keep images of the Perseverance rover up on Mars keep popping into my mind. And, you know, it's just, it's, I can see why it's grabbing so much attention from the media and, and so forth right now, because it's really the future. And it brings me back as well to when this whole COVID-19 pandemic kind of took hold and all of a sudden media was paying attention to the vast numbers of companies that we're making this digital transformation to remote work, to cloud computing and collaboration and things like that. And it's just so fascinating to see that those things that, you know, we would have been laughed out of the room back, you know, a couple of years ago, but, you know, given a compelling need, or in other words, a compelling opportunity, we can actually transform faster than we thought. And it's really cool to see that, uh, Westland Group was able to make that not just with their rover, but also back in the day when they moved into the cloud with Google Workspace. But I've got one question that I wanted to ask you, which is, um, and you know, this is something that all Google Workspacers have in common. It's the pivotal role that Google Workspace has played in getting us to where we are today, right? And so if there was one word to describe the impact that Google Workspace has made on your business at Westland Real Estate. And I guess, what would that word be? Mm, I'd say two words, game changer. Game changer, <laughs> right. In what way? Yeah, just because, you know, when I came on, we were, uh, I mentioned that we're in two states. We've got close to, I don't know, 75, 100 locations, something like that. And the way that things were being managed before was out of our corporate office, which is in Long Beach, California. And Long Beach is a very old town with very old infrastructure. And uh, we were running a Windows uh, Exchange 2003 server with Pentium 4 computers. The infrastructure was old, the tech was old, and the internet connection was a shared cable line. And you know, just the whole mentality around that was very classic uh, or legacy um, business where it's like, okay, well, you know, this is our data. We're going to host it here. And we had, we had 27 servers. We had 150 employees. We had 27 servers running various applications uh -huh. or what? We, we had sunk all that money in years ago and, and just had been, you know, uh, running off of that and off of parts taken from other servers and keeping things alive over the years. But you know, it was very difficult for the people that were in the field. And as we started, I mean, back then we only had, I don't know, 20, 30 locations. Mm -hmm. And most of them were zero tech or very low tech with a DSL line or something. And I'm talking five years ago, not 10 or 15, but it was just in general, 
that was the kind of mentality towards technology in the company. We hadn't really taken a hold of modern business technology and moving forward faster and, and enabling our users to be able to do their jobs more efficiently uh, through technology just because it, it wasn't the mentality. And so when I came on board, it was looking at all of this and saying, okay, we are now investing heavily in a new market. We're expanding like crazy. We need to be able to standardize this. We need to be able to get it so that people are able to just get started and do their jobs no matter where they are. And that's why we started looking at Google Workspace because we were able to have our files moved off of our local servers, which I brought up are located in Long Beach. And the reason for that is because we were on this ancient you know, infrastructure and that, that old shared coax cable line with a terrible upload speed, et cetera. And one, the first thing that I did when I came on the business is I there was no fiber infrastructure. There was nothing there. And the only option was a point-to-point microwave antenna on tower stream. And so we paid a lot of money and we got that set up. And now we've got 200 meg synchronous. Whereas before we had, I think, 80 down and 10 up or five up or something like that. And we're trying Mm -hmm. to service these offices in the field. And Google Workspace really was transformational for us because it was like, all right, well, now everything that was, you know, cordoned off here and stuck here in the office and you needed, they were, they were you know, sending emails with, with attachments back and forth. Again, very classic business mentality. Uh, that didn't need to happen anymore. And all of a sudden the pace that our business was operating at accelerated and just exploded. And it's good because we almost tripled the company portfolio in the following two years. After I did that, I was on a plane um, weekly going to Vegas for overnights and just setting up new offices left, right, and center. And uh, I didn't have any kids at the time, which is why I was able to do that um, so much. But then, you know, the team started growing and the company started growing. And the backbone of all of that has been our ability to communicate and collaborate on Google Workspace. So yeah, definitely game changer that enabled us to lean into it heavily. And we continue to lean into it heavily today. Oh, that's an awesome story, Jesse. And, you know, I can't imagine 150 employees and there were six servers. Did I get that right? 27 surfers 27 servers <laughs> yeah i think That's... the original it guy kind of went on a spending spree and then yeah. when he left i think there was some some issues with that person and when they left somebody else came on and he was like all right well you know if it ain't broke don't fix it so he kept going with it but now he had all these servers that even a bunch of them weren't being used so he just kept running those over the years and you know 15 years later or 10 years later when i came on it was like all right enough <laughs> Yeah, so when when you were talking earlier, I did the quick division in my math, and I worked out that that was one server for about every six employees, right? So that's where I that's where I got the six number from. But I, uh-huh. I just my mind was kind of blown by that, and I, I can't imagine the time, money, and energy that would go into uh, maintaining that, and the benefits that you saw as far as efficiency in maintaining everything um, once you moved everything into the cloud and sort of delegated that responsibility to the world-class infrastructure that Google has in place. But sort of the question that I have for you is, what challenges were you facing at the time? What challenges were your actual users facing that they couldn't work around in their present, in their legacy solution? Well, as I mentioned, because we had so many distributed offices uh, out in the field, that was one of the challenges is the fact that they didn't have 
the ability to move and use files very efficiently because they were just sending emails back and forth with attachments and there were, mm -hmm. you know, 200 versions of every file and nobody knew what was the most latest version, things like that. And the field offices were mostly just, uh, a lot of this was still physical paper. We're just shipping things into the corporate office because we're very top heavy and doing everything at the corporate office and including the computers, by the way, we had no field techs. And so if we needed something fixed in Vegas, they shipped the computer to our corporate office, which is round trip, a couple hundred bucks plus, you know, a week of downtime before it gets fixed and, and sent back. So it was very inefficient. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the backbone of their challenges there is that they were not operating very quickly as a business. And there was a ton of just unknowns out there. They weren't collecting data. They weren't even able to be sure that their numbers lined up properly because by the time they got information, it was way outdated sometimes by weeks. So they employed a lot more uh, field people to go and pick this stuff up, runners and, and the such. And a lot of that was simply eliminated by going to the cloud. And, and you know, as we expanded at that explosive rate, we were able to utilize that because we wouldn't have been hiring more people for that. We were hiring people to work in those offices. And um, ultimately, it ended up enabling us to uh, empower the people in those offices to do the jobs that were being done uh, by the corporate staff. So we had local teams on site having those responsibilities instead of corporate. And another another part of it was that because it was so inefficient, everything was very slow. So even if you had, for example, a request for something or a, a maintenance request, something that needed to be repaired, by the time we found out about it, it could have already, you know, exploded into a much bigger issue and then it's an emergency. And that's a very, very expensive way to operate a business. Right. Yeah. And so when when you're faced, you, you know, you came into your role and you're like, okay, this is wrong. There's a better way to do all of this. How did you know that Google Workspace was the right solution for you? That's an excellent question. I did and I didn't. I actually tested out Microsoft and I tested out some of the other um, potential uh, companies in the space. Uh, very small market, even five years ago, it's beginning to explode today, again, thanks mm -hmm. to the pandemic and whatnot. Um, but I actually, because I had been using um, Google, like I mentioned, since 2004, and uh, had my own domain on Google Apps and had used it at another business and had been paying attention to kind of how Google was rolling this out and the kind of the path that they were on, it really felt like this is the future today, uh, back then. And it's actually funny. So the company that I work for, uh, is a family-owned, family-operated business, and it's my wife's family. So it's my wife's grandfather who started the company, and he's a like he was a techno dud. He didn't even use a computer. Actually, he still doesn't use a computer, but he uses an iPad and an iPhone to this day. Or you know, he's not running things as much anymore. But you know, you can you can have an idea of where that that mentality came from. And right. so when I joined the family, it was probably a year, year and a half before. Um, before I joined the company, uh, we got married and I was talking to some of the family members about this. Like, well, what are you doing for this? What are you doing for that? And my father-in-law was working, running the phones and working in the IT department uh, with the other IT guy who was not a family member. And so he was already telling me about some of the challenges they were having. And I was like, dude, you guys really got to look at Google for this. This is, um, you know, transformational. And I was living before that, I was living in Israel for six years. And the fact that I was able to continue collaborating and working with people all over the world uh, from, from Israel and from abroad at all hours of the day and night, and I was working for American companies, and I was able to do all of that through Google, that whole 
feeling and ability to do all of those things anywhere in the world that just felt to me like, hey, this is where we need to be. This is what, this may not be perfect today, but this is where we are going. And so when they brought me on, I didn't even get brought on as a family member, actually. They were having a conversation about um, needing extra IT staff because the company was starting to grow and it was just overwhelming for the one IT guy and for my father-in-law who was kind of construction manager, kind of, you know, IT kind of built the phone system, but it was an old asterisk based, you know, intensive self-hosted system. And as, as anybody who is listening, who has a family business will know everybody who's in the family business does, you know, wears like 16 different hats. That's just the name of the game. But, you know, they were already feeling the difficulties of operating with these older systems and like, what do we do? And so then when they realized that they started to need more staff, I had to go through three rounds of interviews and a phone call before they actually decided to, uh, to hire me. And they weren't sure that they wanted more family members in the business. And again, that's another family business dynamic. Um, sometimes you get everybody in and sometimes you're really hesitant about who to bring in. And um, I had already been talking to them about this going, okay, well, you know, your phone system is doing this great, but your emails are, you know, ancient, your calendars are, are not syncing up and you've got all of this old hardware. When are you going to start making some changes? And then it started becoming, okay, well, why don't you get to work on that? And what did it take for you to convince them to go this route? So they were partially there already, or at least they had the beginnings of the knowledge that they needed to make a move. And uh, because they were starting to expand so heavily in more the distributed approach as opposed to just everybody in one building or Mm. in one region even, because at that point it was still very heavily Southern California based, they were realizing that they, they had these needs. And so we started the conversation and said, look, you know, you've got all of this old technology and and I'm going to start updating it and I'm going to do these things, but you need to be able to uh, move faster to communicate, communicate and collaborate with your offices out in the field. And yes, your internet infrastructure sucks, but we're going to be able to upgrade that. And the benefit from that, I made the argument that essentially even just starting with email and calendar, forget everything else. And we did forget about that for a long time because, and I didn't mention this yet uh, as much, but everybody in the company was very, very, very low tech. There were a handful of people that actually had used Google Workspace in the past. There were a handful of people that had used Microsoft in the past. Microsoft's offering wasn't that strong even back then. They were still more desktop focused. And, you know, they were all stuck in that kind of old way of doing business. And so I faced more resistance, honestly, from our users than I did from the executive team because the CEO or the president, rather, he uh, doesn't go by the term CEO because again, family business stuff. Uh, The president, he was probably the easiest one to get through. Uh, It also helps that he's my brother-in-law. So I was able to cut through some of the red tape that I may have faced at other organizations because he's my brother-in-law and I was having lunch with him and you can hear my kids in the background there. I hope not. Um, Working from home. Uh, My brother-in-law is the the president. Uh, His brother is the CFO and the CFO's wife is the head of marketing and she also doubles his operations. And so, you know, I was having lunch with this whole team every day. And so we got into a lot of discussions and they're like, all right, well, you know, here's the challenges that we're having is communicating and, and making sure that this stuff is getting done and in doing business in general. And I just kept hammering home. Okay, this is what we need to do. You need to adopt a new system so that you're going to be able to move fast. You're going to be able to move into new markets and you're going to be able to, uh, to literally get shit done. And you mentioned the users in there, which was something I was going to ask about. And it sounds to me like they were pretty low tech and you just confirmed that for me as well. But 
you know, for the average user, making a change like this is, it's not easy, right? Like it's not trivial at all. And even if they've used Google tools before, like uh, Gmail or, or Google Drive or something like that, it can still seem like quite a steep hill to climb in order to swap out everything and move over to Google from, you know, everything that they've ever known before, which is, you know, you open Microsoft Word on your computer, you you draft a document, and then you email it over as an attachment. And how could the world work any other way, right? And so mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious, like, what did you do to engage the uh, end users and build excitement amongst that group, eventually inspiring their adoption and their own ability to do what it was they were doing, but better? There was a lot of yelling and crying and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot of repetitive uh, discussions. It was taking teams one at a time, um, and it was also going slow. I started with email only, as I mentioned before. We ignored uh, right. Google Drive. We ignored there was no. I mean, there was Hangouts. It wasn't Google Chat back then. Um, we ignored pretty much all of that, and all we focused on was okay. Here's your email. And for the users who really were having trouble with it, we let them keep using Outlook through the Google Sync tool, the Google Outlook uh, Sync tool, whatever it's called now. And, um, you know, we, we even enticed some of them by upgrading their Office uh, um, programs, their, their Microsoft Office from like 2003 to 2010, which was a complete redesign. It's 2007 brought a whole bunch of new features in the ribbon and, and all that. And 2010 was uh, really a rock solid version of Microsoft Office. And this is, you know, the year I think was 2015. So I'm still giving them older software, which was cheaper at the time and uh, helped to kind of drag these people into it, but kind of give them the idea that, oh, okay, you're able to to still operate most of the same way, but it's going to be much faster now. And you're going to be able to do things uh, that you couldn't do before. And I started, I kind of let that roll for a little while and let it grow organically while holding trainings on here's how the new system works and, and what you can do in the Gmail interface. And word started to get around that, oh, hey, it's a much better experience if you're using it in the browser. And we had a lot of people that were still on exclusively on Internet Explorer and, you know, Internet Explorer 10 or whatever it was back then mm-hmm. and weren't even getting the full benefit of it. And so I started uh, rolling out Chrome and saying, okay, use Chrome and, and go into, into Gmail and you can have all of these amazing extra features. And it, it kind of grew organically from there a little bit. So combined, combined the, the organic growth with regular trainings and sessions telling the users, okay, here's how you do this, here's how you do that. It's the same thing, except it's, you know, it looks a little different. And um, slowly, slowly, slowly it moved forward and eventually people started to see the light and what ended up happening. And this was kind of an experiment I did on my users was they, uh, there were people who had obviously used Google before and they went, well, what about Drive? And I said, well, you know, go ahead. You know, this is a, we've got the storage space here. And if you think this is going to be useful for you, by all means, let's see what you can do with it. And so I helped a bunch of people get onboarded into Google Drive and start using their files up there. And all of a sudden, these were the people who were talking to their supervisors and the people who were traveling a lot because we're starting to really expand and and move all over the place. And they're like, wait, all of the files that I used to keep on my desktop, I can now have with me wherever I go. I just got to log in. I was like, yeah. And I started demonstrating that because I was on a plane all the time and I'm answering emails from the plane and I am, you know, working on files and and sharing files with people from 34,000 feet up. And it just blew their minds as to the possibilities. And that's when it really started to accelerate. And okay, you know, yes, you've got this old infrastructure 
infrastructure and yes, you have this way of doing things. And I get that that's hard to move away from, but it's really, really helpful to be on this new uh, state of the art system where you're able to do all of these extra things that you couldn't do before. And that's where it really uh, took off from there. And then we started making sure people knew about calendar. And the biggest challenge was probably getting the president off of his outlook, but he did finally uh, see the light and realize that he wanted the better experience in Gmail as well. And then with him kind of putting wind in the sails and, and being an advocate for that, you know, it's always good to have a powerful executive sponsor when you do these types of uh, transformation projects. It really gave a push to the project to be able to get everybody to say, oh, okay, this is a real thing. We're not, you know, going away from this and our old system is, is going to be uh, phased out and we need to get on board with this. And then over the years since then, it's just been, okay, well, now you know Google Drive. Let me introduce you to Google Docs and to Google Sheets. And yes, the accounting department is having difficulty with that and they'll get there. And yes, the legal department, I had a conversation with them this morning. Apparently Google Docs, when they try to edit a legal document in Google Docs, it messes up their formatting. So I'm going to talk to Google about that, see if we can do something there. And you know, there are still challenges, but as a whole, we just did a survey of technology products that people are using during COVID. And on a scale of one to four, I think it was, the only one that was even close to four was G Suite or was Workspace in terms of satisfaction with technology tools, because the other tools are uh, newer. They're a little bit more uh, clunkier. People aren't as used to them, but Gmail and well, now Google Workspace has been such a cornerstone of what we've been doing for years that they just, like I said before, they leaned into it and everybody was able to just continue working. And they've really now, thanks to the pandemic, seen the power that is uh, Google Workspace. Yeah, I love how you are not afraid to take that stepwise approach and, and meet users where they are or were at the time and really address that one pain point that they were feeling, right? And then build from that. And, you know, fast forward to where you are today, it must feel amazing to you to have seen and witnessed before your very eyes the transformation uh, that they all underwent. It's an incredible story. And I love how intentional you are about cultivating that digital culture at Westland Real Estate. Yeah, and one of the crazy things about how much we leaned into this during the pandemic is our Google Meet usage went up 700%. (laughs) And from, you know, a handful of users or managers that had their teams on there, my team using it to everybody working remotely, getting, you know, laptops. And that was how the company communicated in, in the beginning of the pandemic. And now it's been cemented as the primary way for people to communicate with one another internally. We, we don't pick up the phone anymore. In fact, we got rid of all of our phones. We did not go with Google voice because, um, due to us being in so many locations and the way that our system is set up, we are still a little bit too complex for Google Voice. I very much look forward to getting on Google Voice in a couple of years when this contract runs out. We went with Ring Central instead, but Ring Central, even in the guidance that I put out to the company, is to be used for external calls because mm-hmm. we want the connection. We want the, uh, well, for what it's worth, the connection on virtual meetings anyway, but we want people to see each other. And in in some ways, it's actually given us a little bit of a closer connection because we're so distributed where people are meeting and seeing each other face-to-face who had never actually seen each other face-to-face. They've had phone calls, they've exchanged emails, but they never actually met. Maybe we would meet once a year at the company gala, which we would host. Um, We did one uh, last, the last one that we did was just before the shutdown was at the Queen Mary in Long Beach, California. And it was beautiful gala, you know, on the ship. And, And for anybody who knows the history of, 
of that ship. It's basically like the Titanic, um, but it's a museum now and they host events there and it, and it was absolutely stunning. And so it's events like those that we would get together and we would see each other once a year. But now a lot of these people are seeing each other every single day. And even if they're you know not working with each other every day, they'll be on calls with other people and, and you, you, you do actually have a little bit more of a connection. So in a way, virtual meetings as much as everyone likes to hit on them now because they're draining and there's you know zoom or google meet fatigue um for a company like ours it's really actually been very very helpful yeah you know i always like to say that while the tools and the technology will get you started and processes will keep you going it's really the culture that makes it sustainable because that's what um impacts the employee engagement and experience the most. And, you know, before I uh, became a Google Cloud partner, I spent 18 years at TELUS, which, um, as you probably know, is a very large telecommunications provider and more uh, across Canada and uh, around the world. And, you know, what you said there about constantly meeting with people that you've never even seen face to face, that was my world for, you know, 15 years. Uh, working with TELUS, you know, meeting on old telephone conference bridges and, and things like that, and never actually getting to see these people face to face. And it was a whole different ballgame when we adopted Google Meet, or back then it was called Hangouts, right? And I was all of a sudden able to meet virtually face to face with um, people that uh, I, I'd never even seen before. So while I was, you know, for a while um, until the culture sort of evolved and, and the, these new processes really took hold. For a while, I was missing those face-to-face -face conversations with the four or five people that I saw every day when I was working in the office, which wasn't all the time because I was partly remote to begin with. But um, I, I, so I, for a temporary period of time, I traded those off so that I could have face-to-face -face interactions virtually with hundreds of others. Right. And so um, it, it really made a big impact on me. And that's why when TELUS decided to adopt G Suite, I saw that potential and I kind of raised my hand and said, hey, can I help lead the team through this transformation? And it really made a, a huge impact and inspired me to get to where I am today. But I want to turn the tables and talk back about you and, and Westland Real Estate Group. And I want to talk about the impact that Google Workspace made on you guys. And you mentioned before that after the after the organization went down this route, it made it, it really enabled a whole new wave of growth through the organization. But I want you to tell me more about that. Um, tell me more about the impact that Google Workspace made on your organization and what it made possible for you today that wouldn't have been possible in the previous environment. Well, I think I've covered a little bit of that already, uh, just in terms of, you know, the level of collaboration. I mean, these are the talking points that Google gives as well. It's, it's really true is, is that you do, you do accelerate the way that business works and, uh, and how you can collaborate. But beyond that is, uh, I would say a new level of transparency and accountability because we've been able to build a automation platform and in between our visual directory tool, which is um, called Office Space and Google Workspace to be able to have the managers have control of where people sit so they can say, okay, this employee is moving from this office to that office. And that was born out of a need to be changing people's um, permissions on a regular basis because they move a lot 
they move around from property to property. That's a little bit unusual uh, in terms of, of business. Usually you have your desk and you sit there and you know that's your spot until, until you are either transferred or leave, whereas they were moving people around kind of as needed, um, almost like a flex, flex desk style, except not up to the employee. It was up to their managers and, and where the need was. And so what we did is we built out this software and we're actually about to just redesign it entirely uh, and base it on our new HR system instead of the visual directory software. But what this code does is it runs in the background and when somebody has moved from one location to another or one seat to another, it has a lot of rules that it runs behind the scenes that will automatically change the Google shared drive permissions. So it dumps them into different groups, the groups that they're supposed to be in for that region based on their title, access level, things like that. Make sure that they have access to the property files, which is in the Google share drive and removes them from the previous one. It updates their signature. So a lot of the things that you see can be done with some of these more bigger tools that are coming out now, like Better Cloud and Patronum and, uh, so, and Gpanel, some of the other ones. We actually just built our own code uh, on the back end. It's a tiny little program that runs on a, on a Google uh, server in, in GCP. And, you know, that kind of mentality was the very beginning for us because, you know, we, we realized, okay, if we have a developer, we can tie into these different things and, and we can make it even more powerful than it was before. And Workspace has enabled us to have that realization that, okay, there's, there's a lot more that you can do with technology, even to the point where I'm now brought in on pretty much every major negotiation that we do because it's all tech. You know, everything is, we're heading in a direction where pretty much everything is going to be SaaS. You know, every service provider you work with is going to be a, a SaaS solution. And we actually just hired our first developer now uh, full time. And we're hoping to redesign that software and build more integrations. And we're already doing it where we're transforming the process that we've been doing for decades of scanning in invoices or utility bills. You know, we've hundreds of these thousands of these on a monthly mm -hmm. basis and we're able to automate all of it now through using software and none of that would have been possible without that culture that you were talking about that was born out of adopting g suite and moving in the direction of a cloud first work anywhere kind of approach even before the pandemic was was even thought of a possibility uh to be able to have that because simply out of out of need because we needed to have people be working at any of our different offices so for us it was you know we could have gone the VPN route, but you know you don't need to because everything is already in in Google Workspace. I don't know. Did I answer that question properly? Yeah, you did. And you know that um, sort of cloud first, or even take it a step further and say cloud native mm -hmm. um, architecture of Google Workspace is really what makes so much more possible than you'll read about on the Google Workspace website when you look at the features that are included and things like that. Yeah, those are all available to you when you implement the solution, but that's kind of step one, right? Step two is like, okay, how do we connect these applications together so that they can do more for us? And you, you know, you've heard of things like Google App Script, which um, can tie together workflows from one Google Workspace app to the next, um, or even a more, uh, 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 a more powerful version of that would be something like AppSheet, right? But then you take it to that sort of fourth step and you look at the APIs that are available from Google Workspace that you can tie into with your, um, you know, third-party applications, um, other SaaS services that we probably know and use every day, or even your custom in-house built applications in order to extend the capabilities of Google Workspace and have it kind of be that 
hub that you know drives your business in ways that you couldn't have imagined before in your on-premise world, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of, I think, where we're seeing the transformation of the next level and the next generation of Google Workspace, really the embodiment of the name Workspace is with AppSheet and, uh, you know, scripting and the ability to have low code, no code environments that anybody in the business now can start to utilize these tools without having to be a developer or with a little bit of help from a developer. And we're seeing that in our company right now where we're adopting it for these, the, the kind of systems I was just talking about that we're building with the developer and that, that whole mentality around what's possible is, is still is still changing for us. That culture is now evolved into, okay, we now have a business intelligence person and that whole person's job is to look at these old workflows and say, hey, that's really clunky. Let's see if we can do this better through using technology. And they're leaning heavily into into that stack and uh, into building these systems out so that, yeah, you can access the APIs and you can do so much more. And, and I think that's one of the, the beautiful elements of a system like Google Workspace or even, you know, Office 365 with, with Azure. And I'm positive, I'm going to make a prediction here, but I'm positive Amazon is working on their own version of it <laughs> to go along with uh, AWS. I know that they already have a kind of a workspace, uh, I forget what they call it, WorkDocs, or work, maybe it is even called Workspace, I don't remember. They've got their own Chime, which is their phone service. I, I'm, I'm positive they're going to roll out a competitor at some point. Zoom obviously is getting into this game. A couple of others are trying to uh, hustle and, and get things going here. But the beauty of an end-to-end integrated contextual aware environment is the next generation level of business to be able to look at the way that you operate wherever it is and to have your devices, the technology that you use so heavily, really just get out of the way and let you get shit done, like I said before. And, you know, that's where we're headed is because you've got GCP and GCP is tied directly into your Google Workspace accounts and you are able to have information flowing through all of these different properties and they're building that integration tighter and tighter and tighter every day here. When you hear Javier uh, Soltero, who's the head of Workspace, talking about you know what's possible and the directions that they're going and how much they're looking at the right way to do all, all of these things, you realize there's a future that we're heading towards, which has been around for a long time. They've been thinking about this future for a long time, even before the pandemic mm-hmm. sent everybody into the great work from home experiment. And it's really, you know, WFX, work from anywhere, right? And this contextual aware world, especially with virtual assistants and smart homes and smart cities and smart buildings, you know, 10 years ago, they had this technology with smart buildings and monitors and, and being able to know who's where and doing what and, you know, what the temperature is and who likes that. I mean, Bill Gates, I did a report on him in, I think it was sixth grade about his house that had this technology. And I'm going to have to go back and look this up. I haven't thought about this in years, but he had this technology that was very early contextual awareness. If you went to go visit the house, you filled out a survey of your preferences, temperature, art, music, etc. And as you walked through the house, the room would transform through projectors or whatever, uh, speakers, etc., to be able to conform to what you liked if you know it was set up to do that. And yeah, that's a little bit of an extreme case, and I wouldn't want that in my house so much. <laughs> but you know, we're we're at this point where okay, I can say to my Google Assistant to play something off of my playlist, and it knows to connect into Spotify, look that up, know that it's my playlist, and play that for me. Or now, with it being integrated into Google Workspace, it knows my calendar, and if I have a 
and I don't like to do this because I prefer to only use headsets, but if I have a, whatever they're calling them, the Google Home devices, which they're going to have to change that up so they call them, you know, Google Work devices um, with, the, with the assistant integrated, you can jump directly into a meeting. You know, you can say, hey, join my meeting. You can say, hey, send this person an email and let them know that I'm running 15 minutes late. And Google showed us this world. I got to find this video. I keep talking about it. A couple of years ago, maybe it was at IO or something, where they were talking about the ability to start a meet on your fridge, right? Or your, your meat console in your kitchen, whatever it is, and then take it with you. You just tap your phone and it jumps onto your phone, instant right. transferring. And, yeah. you know, as you leave your house, it jumps off the Wi-Fi and jumps on the cell network. And you drive, you put it in your car, you put your phone down on the dash and boom, it's on in your car and you drive to work. And 20 minutes later, you're there and you tap your phone and it transfers again. Then you sit down on your desk, you put your phone in the dock and it goes on your big screen or your virtual reality screen. They didn't do the virtual reality part, but that's where we're going. Besides the point, I digress tremendously. <laughs> excuse the ADD here, but where we're able to go with this deeply integrated contextual aware technology is that world where what you need is there when you need it without you having to ask for it. And technology is wonderful. But at the end of the day, we really just want it to get out of the way and give us what we need and give us a wonderful productive work experience. And then also give us a wonderful entertainment experience and home life experience when we leave the office and we go home. And that's where I think we're all going with this incredible environment, whether it's on Google or it's on Microsoft or it's on Zoom or it's on AWS when they finally release their products. Yeah, you know, it's exciting to hear how Westland has totally embraced all of this and what the capabilities of an integrated cloud native experience truly are. Because when you think about it, there's all sorts of SaaS services out there. You mentioned a couple of them, Zoom, Dropbox, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But by having them all integrated into one space, workspace, right, which is in the name, and, and you've referred to it that way several times, it just makes the possibilities so endless. And it just, it, it excites me so much to be in this space right now. But when I think forward, um, you know, I, I, I want to know from you, what, what is it that you're most excited about in this space or in your business right now? Well, those are two different questions. I think I've talked a bit about what we're excited about in our business right now right. is is the you know the developments that we're doing and the ways that we are taking a look at every single one of our. I mean, we've been around for forty years. We literally have processes that haven't changed in forty years because the people that invented them are now leading the teams that they were on forty years ago when they came in as interns. And you know, with a family business like ours, you just stay forever, pretty much. A lot of these people, anyway, mm -hmm. and so. Uh, it's difficult for them because how dare you change this process I invented so many years ago and has worked so great for us over the years. But at the same time, wait a minute, you can do an entire process that takes me three days in 20 minutes. Um, okay, uh, maybe I do want to hear more about this new initiative that you have using cloud technology. And that's kind of just hitting home with people now. And, and that's really, really exciting for us because we're able to do that. And and I have an inside look on that because as CIO, obviously I'm advising and I'm working with the teams that are doing this, but my wife is the business intelligence person who is going through and actually uh, mm -hmm. doing these transformations. And so we're working very, very closely and we actually, um, we're both working from home, but as part of trying to 
uh, stay healthy and trying to help break up the monotony of working from home and, and being at home during the pandemic, we started taking twice daily walks. And these walks are kind of brainstorming sessions where we talk about what's going on or what is blocking us because they're they're during the workday and this is what we're passionate about. And so we end up talking about, you know, these grand ideas and, and exciting thoughts of how we could dismantle and completely transform this old process and and uh, and accelerate everything that's going on, which is way beyond what I could have done just by myself, um, especially because I don't have a development background. I, I, I'm a dreamer. I come up with, you know, cool ways to integrate processes and make things work, but I'm, I'm not a developer. And so she, uh, my wife, has been able to, uh, in her role as business intelligence, learn a bunch of different coding languages and now hire a developer and be managing that developer and be that arm for us uh, to go forth and, and to build that out, which is just totally awesome. And on the other side, um, in terms of Google Workspace, well, you just you just heard my whole uh, spiel on where I think this space is going. But in the more immediate down to earth, I love what's happening right now. And, and this probably is is ex it's definitely accelerated by and may only be thanks to the pandemic is this explosion in the community. There is so many people that are just um, starting to share content now and starting to uh, interact with each other much more as opposed to in the past we go to a couple of conferences a year we'd meet up we'd talk which moves whatever it was and that was it it was if you weren't there you missed it kind of like clubhouse now if you weren't there you missed <laughs> it right and you know now there's so many more groups that are coming out and that are starting uh different publications different blogs you've got this podcast which is also relatively new and uh, i started the google workspace recap podcast with steve larson we've been doing that last night with our was our 10th episode we just released and that's a weekly show that is just about everything that is being uh, updated in google workspace because in late december i was driving down the road back from l.a in uh, one of the few times that it opened up for a little while before it all locked down again. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, man, it is really hard to keep up with everything that's going on in Google Workspace because, and this is awesome, they're rolling out updates like crazy. And it hit me that, hey, maybe we should make a podcast that would detail what's going on here. And so I reached out to Steve and uh, and we started that podcast together and, and that's what we're doing. And then we're getting guests from Google and from other companies and whatnot. And uh, that's really exploding so much to the point where I put in place a plan that um, I had thought about, well, about three years ago, my side business when I'm not being a CIO during the day, as you mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast, is my wife and I started a business, a conference business for small to mid-sized IT professionals and focusing on kind of modern business and technology and this digital transformation journey. And obviously, thanks to COVID, I mean, that's that business is in a holding pattern, not really. I refuse to do a virtual conference because A, I don't have the bandwidth and B, I haven't seen them done well yet. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but instead, uh, we looked back at the idea of a content network. And if you'll listen to the um, Google Workspace recap episode from last night, I announced that we're launching the Tab Geeks network. And that is going to be a modern network of different content creators putting out videos and podcasts and blogs, all supporting each other, all totally independent from a mega corporation. It's just a bunch of geeks doing what we do best, what we're obsessed with and sharing that information. And, and we're not the only ones that are doing it. You know, I'm talking about what I'm doing because I know that best and I want to get the word out that everybody should go check out tabgeeks.com and, and uh, see all of the, the um, productions that are coming. We're working on a, on a SaaS one. We're working on a cybersecurity update one as well. But 
there's other people such as yourself and, and other people in the community that are doing just regular get togethers on Google meet or everything that's exploding on clubhouse right now, or, uh, mm -hmm. the Slack communities that are out there, you know, better cloud has one. Uh, I have one through tab geeks. Of course, there's uh, a couple of them that I'm in. There's obviously Mac admins is a huge one. And even the communities that are tech focused that I'm in, I'm also part of a disaster and uh, information technology disaster recovery group. And those guys move in when after there's a major disaster, whether it's natural or accidental or, or whatnot, and uh, they'll set up technological infrastructure to help all the relief organizations that are coming in to help the people get online because everything is online these days. And so even in their Slack channel, they're talking about the transformation that's happening and now the Starlink network with SpaceX. Like there's so much stuff going on that is enabling connection. And all of these people are now coming out of the woodwork and starting to create these uh, productions, publications, YouTube channels, blogs, whatnot, and talk about all of the things that are happening in a way that we haven't seen in several years. I mean, there's been a couple of big, big publications. Uh, the Verge is, is, you know, relatively new in terms of a blog and Gadget obviously has been a mainstay for years, but there's all these new startups that are starting because people are stuck at home and they're when when people are stuck at home as we've seen throughout history they start to get inventive and that's what's exciting both about the space in terms of the people that are developing it and the users in the community that we're being empowered to do all of these things and we're starting to invent these new platforms to talk about all of this so i just i think the whole thing is incredibly exciting and you know, not to compare it to the Mars project or the moon landing, but it's a hell of an exciting time to be alive, obviously putting aside the depressing year that we've had and difficult year that we've had due to the pandemic. And, and I just hope that as we start to get the vaccine out and as people start to go back to whatever the new normal is going to be, that we're going to continue to maintain this level of creation and sharing and democratizing of information because technology as a field is so huge. It is impossible to keep up and do our jobs properly unless we work together. Right. Yeah. And you know what? I've I, I noticed the same thing uh, that you mentioned with so much more rich content and and sort of niche content. Right. Like, I mean, I think back it must have been over the course of a couple of years that I searched for a podcast that was specific to Google Workspace or back then G Suite. Right. And I just couldn't find anything. And I waited and I waited and no, no, nothing came out. And then here we are in a pandemic and we're spending more time at home and we're dreaming those dreams. Right. And I thought to myself, well, why not me? Right. And so, you know, as I'm, I'm now recording some of the very first episodes of which uh, this will be one of them of the Google Workspace podcast to tell those stories of Google Workspace transformation. But I was thrilled to hear about the Google Workspace Recap podcast come out, which takes that focus of the administrator and how to ensure that their users are getting the most out of Google Workspace and its features and capabilities as it evolves. And so, you know, I, I'm really thrilled by how well these two podcasts kind of satisfy that that hunger or desire for content specific about Google Workspace, but there's so many other aspects to technology and software as a service and this cloud computing movement that we can talk about. And I love that idea of a podcast or sorry, a content network to kind of tie it all together. And I, I can't wait to see where it goes. Thank you. But now, Jesse, 
I want to talk about my very favorite part of the podcast, which I call your Google Workspace Toolkit. So if it's okay with you, I want to crack open your Google Workspace Toolkit so that you can share your favorite tools with our audience. Sure. There's a gaping hole in my toolkit right now, thanks to the great <laughs> suspender getting screwed. If anybody out there wants to uh, develop that and repackage it, you know, without all of the crappy code in there and the malware, that would be great. Uh, that was a huge thing for me that just, you know, was, uh, let's just say my processor is, is hurting a lot more than it used to be. And, and for those who don't know what the great <laughs> suspender was, that, that was an, an extension, correct? Yeah, it was an extension that basically you could set it that after a certain amount of time, it would uh, suspend your tab, which basically means that it would remember the, the domain and keep the tab open, but it would close the process related to that tab. And so you saved a, for, for the tab hoarders like me, you save a huge amount of uh, processing power because you have these tabs open so that you know that you can get back to them and that you have to get back to them, but it wasn't taking up processing power while you were in between. And there's there are some alternatives out there, and I know that somebody for it, but it's uh, it's just a GitHub repo, and you'd have to go and uh, and install it directly, and it's not you know an official uh, Chrome extension that we can roll out to our users. So yeah, that was that was one of the things that I, I was thinking about. There's a big hole in my toolbox at the moment. Other things that I've been been really getting into with Google Workspace is as Google builds out more of these tools internally, they're the they're starting to be more powerful. And what I'm talking about here is Google Tasks and Google Rooms and in Google Rooms, Google Tasks and and being able to keep all your documents for a room. I've started doing my project management in Google Rooms, in Google Chat, because it enables me to say, okay, this is my project and here's all the files that I need for my project and here's the task management that I need for the project. And yes, it's, it's still relatively basic, but you can do subtests now and you can do dates, uh, due dates and assign it to people. And just having it all in that one space has helped me to get a lot more organized. Before that, I was on Asana and I've talked about this on my podcast a lot. Asana is expensive. Uh, it's for one license, I get the entirety of Google Workspace for the same price. So I guess Google mm -hmm. is spoiling us there a little bit, or maybe that's yeah. just where the, the market should be in Asana and, and all of those other tools should be a lot cheaper. Um, but that's a different conversation for a, a different podcast, I suppose. Other things that are in my toolkit would be um, uh, some other Chrome extensions. So I'm a big fan of Loom which enables me to just take a quick video uh, screen capture to show somebody, okay, this is how you do what you're trying to do in, in, Google, in Google Workspace or in another tool and uh, uploads it very quickly to uh, Google Drive. And I just shoot a link over to them, to the person who needs it or share it with the company, whatever it is. Um, and uh, Calendly is a great extension for, and a service for um, eliminating the need to uh, send emails back and forth arguing about a calendar time. Uh, if they are, <laughs> yeah. if the person that you're arguing with is a Google Workspace user, they can they can pop on my calendar and, and see what's available or isn't available, but most people don't know enough to do that yet. So if so, what I do is I just send them my Calendly link and say, here, choose the time that works for you. And it's I'm just using the free service. All of these things I'm saying, I'm using the free service. I'm not paying for any of these. And it's great because if I'm working with a vendor or um, even somebody in the company who you know is on on the flyer in the field or doesn't have the ability to quickly look up my availability or whatnot they just open that up and and they're able to grab a time on my calendar and it, it automatically sends them it integrates with google meet and automatically includes the google meet link uh when it creates the event for 
for us to meet in, which is, is totally painless nowadays, except for those companies who are like, oh, no, we have to use our Zoom link. Can we just send you another invite? I'm like, oh, fine, yeah. if, <laughs> if you insist. Well, um, I, I've <laughs> had people ask me, like, how did you do that? How did you make um, the yep. meet link just kind of appear <laughs> on the calendar invite? And I said, well, you need to check out Calendly. <laughs> it's been a really great um extension or I guess third-party integration for me and it integrates right into Gmail as well so it makes uh, it easy for me to look up what type of uh, meeting invitation or, or link I guess to to send them now we all we all hear about apps like Gmail and drive all the time I mean most people have used those and, and use them every single day but for you Jesse what unsung hero of Google workspace do you depend on that you think deserves a little bit more praise hmm I think that's quickly becoming tasks for me. Uh, yeah. it's, as I was saying, it's you know less less known and less used. But I was just checking out the app on on my iPhone, and it's just a fantastic app. Uh, it even has a widget that I have on my screen here, gives me my top couple of tasks that I have to do, complete with due dates, and they automatically show up in my Google Calendar, which I usually have open in one of the sidebars in Google. So that's great. And I think also that the other unsung hero that we're just starting to see the benefit of is those sidebars, uh, the add-ons as they call them in Google workspace because now whether it's a Google product, uh, be it contacts or tasks or keep or whatnot um, that shows up in the sidebar, or it's one of the add-ons that other companies are building to be able to use right now that kind of suck. But I think that we're going to start seeing more companies building things out uh, for those interfaces and uh, and reimagining that space and how you're going to be able to do it. I understand that a Google Maps add-on is coming as well. I saw that yes. in some of the uh, yes. announcements that they were doing, I think most recently during the education uh, video mm -hmm. announcement that they did. Uh, so I think that that's a, a great little widget add-on sidebar that we're getting. And um, and I, I think that's huge. And, and the other element here is I think Chrome as, a, as an operating system is kind of, you know, yeah, it's everybody knows about it now. It's the second most popular, popular operating system in the world, thanks to the pandemic. But it's still the unsung hero. It's very less known uh, as far as what it can do and why it is so awesome and how powerful it's become. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, I, I hear people say sometimes it's just a browser, but it's just really, it's grown into so much, uh, so much more than that and, and really makes, opens up a lot of possibilities for users and, but especially for admins, uh, just like yourself. What outdated concept of work did Google Workspace make most obsolete for you? Hmm. On-prem anything. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of all the servers. I still have a couple of servers up and running as we're getting rid of sure. still some of our remaining legacy stuff. And uh, our, our corporate offices has still, I mean, they're not in the office. There's about 100 people or 120 people that are normally in that office. Most of them, except for about 25 or 30, are working from home. But we still have our domain controller server running there. But everywhere else, all of our other locations, which is the majority of our computers, actually don't have domain controllers. And so now I'm looking into using um, Google, uh, whatever it's called, Google Login for Windows 10. I'm blanking on the name at the moment. Uh, to be able to have people log in with their Google accounts to their computers. I think that's a great way to manage it. And, you know, it's that single pane of glass that they're going for with the admin panel or even command line with GAM if you are, are getting into that. We just interviewed the, the creator of GAM, Paul Lees, last night on, sorry, not Paul Lees. I'm getting my names all mixed up. <laughs> Jay Lee, Jay Lee, yeah. Jay Lee, not Paulie's. Apologies to both of you, <laughs> to both amazing creators, but uh, different products. But uh, yeah, so Jay Lee's created Gam, and uh, um, that's a command line tool for for 
building and, and uh, operating, managing, and, and even automating a, a lot or pretty much everything in, in Google Workspace. So, you know, whatever it is, whatever the tool is, I think that's a, a really powerful way of getting things done as well. And the last question on your Google Workspace toolkit, what's on your Google Workspace wish list? Something that you wish Google would implement like yesterday? Oh, I've got a couple of things. You got to pick one. Just one? Just one. Oh, boy. I don't know. It's really tough. I kind of want a PWA for, for Google Workspace. You know, it's uh, a PWA is a progressive web app. It's kind of like a app wrapper to make it its own individual window. But I think that, you know, being able to integrate that into the window side of things and uh, uh, being able to have its own icon on the bottom or even its own space instead of just opening up lots of Chrome tabs, I think that that might uh, open up a lot more ideas of possibilities for people, especially in, in terms of my users, uh, because they often have complained that, oh, I lost my Gmail tab, or, you know, I've got this open and that open, I can't find it, or I don't know when I'm getting emails. So if you could have that kind of that deeper level integration with the OS, uh, or just, you know, find a way to, to do that through, through Chrome, which I'm sure they're working on. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. That in 1080, uh, in, in Google Meet, that's, I'm going to throw that in as a bonus one. I know they're not doing it because we've got enough straight on the infrastructure with everybody working from home, but I look fantastic on Zoom and I look like crap on Google Meet. So I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> what a difference going to 1080p from 720 can make. But, you know, I, know, I, I right? love that thought about, you know, having that sort of one thing that you could um, start automatically at login that would just give the user everything that they want in, in one space. And, you know, we've quickly been heading towards this one integrated workspace and um, that would just take it one step further. So I absolutely love that. And it's I want to thank you, Jesse. It's forwards and backwards. Well, right? yeah, it is. We went yeah. web apps, but now I want it to be a desktop app. And, right. and I'm sure that at some point in the next decade, we're going to see the unbundling of all of these wonderful uh, services. And then it'll yeah. go back and the pendulum will swing the other way and we'll bundle them all up again. So, you know, right. that's what makes this space exciting. It never sits still. No, it does <laughs> not. And, you know, I want to thank you, Jesse, for sharing all your insights and experiences with us today. And My our pleasure. audience can find the uh, link to all the resources you mentioned, including your podcast, at your show notes page, which is located at risedigital.tech slash jesse-nolan. Sweet. And right now, business owners and technology leaders worldwide are listening to this, and they're super inspired by everything that you've shared. So first, I want you to tell them where they can connect with you. And then I want you to leave them with the number one thing that you would want them to take away from your Google Workspace transformation to help them get one step closer to the digital uh, to the digital culture that you've cultivated at Westland Real Estate Group. So take it away, Jesse. Sure. So I am active on pretty much every social network uh, that there is right now. Mm -hmm. um, most active on Twitter and LinkedIn. Twitter, I'm at Mr. J Nolan, N-O-W-L-I-N. And on LinkedIn, you can find me Jesse Nolan or LinkedIn.com forward slash I-N forward slash Jesse Nolan. Yes, I've actually memorized that. And uh, <laughs> obviously, we talked about Clubhouse. I'm on there. Um, we're hosting weekly uh, Clubhouse sessions as, as well. And uh, also, all of my websites, tabgeeks.com, will we'll take you to all of them now, both the workspacerecap.com and, and our other publications as, as we start building those out. And the number one thing that I would want people to take away for uh, building out a good culture um, is focus on building a culture of um, always learning. 
You know, it's, it's a constantly changing world and people are afraid. People are hesitant. People don't like change in general. And the better you can get at writing, practicing your writing, writing out you know, customer stories and writing out documentation, writing out uh, blog posts, tips, sending out a weekly email, just get writing and get people focused on always be learning, always be interested in new things and, um, you know, and, and just keep their minds open to all the changes that are happening in this space because that's not going away. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that I've experienced myself um, in this, uh, you know, for what for me is a relatively short journey so far, but have so much longer to go. It's just I, I'm learning and growing every day, you know, because things are always changing and um, all of my clients are changing and Google's changing and the technology is changing. And so I, I love that thought of keeping in motion and always keeping yourself updated on everything that's going on through not only uh, content like this and the other podcasts and so forth, but also through your own practice. So I really love that. And fortunately for all of our listeners, they don't have to remember all of the links that you just shared with them because they can find everything that we've talked about today on your show notes page at risedigital.tech slash jesse-nolan. So Jesse, thank you very much for investing your time and your experience with us today. I've had a blast and I look forward to talking to you again very soon, probably on Clubhouse. Yeah, this has been fantastic and uh, looking forward to seeing your continued development of this podcast and being a regular listener. Awesome. Thanks very much. Bye all. Bye. And that's it for this episode of Google Workspacers. If you liked this episode, be sure to hit subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. You can also visit our website at risedigital.tech where you can check out past episodes and contact us if you've got a story of Google Workspace transformation you want to share. Of course, if you want to connect with me directly, I'm at Christian Newman on LinkedIn. And if you have a question about Google Workspace or any feedback or ideas to help us improve the show, please send us an email at podcast at risedigital.tech. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Google Workspacers.